0: Welcome back friends, Lost Scarf here, and it's time for the newest Kirby's Dreamcast. In this podcast, we're going to talk about everything that has to do with Kirby, from the beginning to the present. And today, we're going to talk about Kirby's Right Back At Ya, episodes 35 and 36. That's right, we're covering a two-parter, so expect a bigger episode. If you have any comments about this episode, or any others, you can put them up on the YouTube version's comments, or send them to Dreamcast on Twitter. Before we get started, here's the news since the last podcast, and that is, you know... They say Kirby comes with a spring breeze, and these release dates prove it. So, Kirby's birthday was on the 27th of April. He was born in 1992 when Kirby's Dreamland came out in Japan. And he came out in August 1st in the US, which is when I got to play Kirby's Dreamland. I got a Game Boy and Dreamland for my 6th birthday, and the rest is history for me. Then the next day, on the 28th, is the 4th anniversary of Planet Robobot for Kirby. So he came out on April 28th, uh, 2016, June 10th for NAEU. And many consider Robobot to be the best Kirby game of all time currently. And yeah, it deserves that title. Might not be mine, but it is really, really good. I think Triple Deluxe was overall a tighter game. And speaking of Triple Deluxe, it might not count exactly the same, but since this is the US release day, but still, uh, it came out on May 2nd in the US, 2014, while it did come out on January 11th in Japan. And one last thing I want to do for the news is I want to recommend two Japanese YouTube videos, Both are in celebration of Kirby's 20th anniversary, and they're both amazing. I'll have Jinx put the links in the description for YouTube and then in the information area for the podcast versions. I just, they're so good. I can't stop watching them. They're really good. I get overcome with emotion. They're just, they cover so much of the history of Kirby in these animations. It's amazing. Well, they're like uh, AMV animations. They're pretty good. AMV's not the right word. It's music and a whole lot of Kirby drawings, and they're really, really good. So today's episodes are a two-parter, as mentioned before, episodes 35 and 36. Titled in the U.S., Kirby Derby Parts 1 and 2. I just love that title right there. While in Japan, it was titled The Glorious Poo-Poo-Poo Grand Prix Parts 1 and 2. Or Aiko no Poo-Poo-Poo-Guran-Puriyu puriyu zen So in Japan, it premiered as episodes 35 and 36. First one was on the 8th of June, and the next week on the 15th of June. Interestingly, in the U.S., they were episodes 31 and 32. And they premiered on the same day. They came out at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. on the 8th of February, 2003. I wonder how many kids missed one hour of these episodes. It would have been better just do it as a solid hour. I don't know why they did it that way. Probably a spread out, try to get kids to watch everything else in the Fox box or whatever it was at the time. And it probably backfired. I don't, I have no idea. Like, I don't remember, I remember seeing the second episode, actually. I don't remember seeing the first episode when I was a kid. So, yeah, I missed the first one because I ain't getting up at 8 a.m. So the episode starts with Kirby and Tuff looking into Gengu's toy shop from the outside window, and they see he's built a go-kart. Gengu sees them and lets them drive the cart. So we next see Tuff driving the go-kart with Kirby as a passenger, and they're really enjoying it, and they're going fast. Tuff drives by Tiff really fast and spins her around. He then sees King Didi and Escargoon leaving Chef Kawasaki's restaurant, which doesn't have the title airbrushed out for once, and he chases them with his go-kart, and they're like just running really fast. They run as fast as they can from Kirby and, and Tuff, and eventually Tuff hits a rock, and it jerks the go-kart, and unfortunately, it's more than enough for Kirby's seatbelt to handle, and Kirby gets launched into the air. Like, this happens to Kirby quite often, honestly. A moment later, the chase gets to a bridge, and King Dedede and Scargoon jump off the bridge into the river. King Dedede then yells about the kid, and then Kirby lands on King Dedede's head. Kirby then just runs and jumps off King Dedede's head and dunks him back into the water, basically by doing that. And King Dedede is really, really mad and wants revenge now. After the awesome opener, we see King Dedede has summoned a new vehicle from Nightmare Enterprises. He'll be using this one for the rest of the show, by the way. Nightmare Enterprises calls it a mechanical menace with lots of traps and weapons to use. King Dedede then says this is perfect for a plan he ha- of his, and he laughs. Tuff and Kirby show how much they enjoyed the go-kart to Gengu, while Tiff is mad about almost getting run over. They're then surprised by an announcement on DDD TV, there's going to be a big Grand Prix race in Town in three days. Chef Kawasaki asks Gus what Grand Prix means, and in the US version he says it means Big Prize. In the Japanese version he says, I don't know, I have no idea. It does directly translate to Grand Prize, so now you know. <laughs> Do explains that the racing details on the TV, and they show a video of the map they'll be racing in, and once again... We see the shape of Capitown and it's a different shape like every time. It's just got a different shape to it. It's never accurate. It's like the Simpsons Springfield. Real. It really is. And the only thing accurate is there's always the big tree in the square of the town. That's about it. Everything else is just always different. And so in the Japanese version of this, there's a lot of writing on the screen, but the US version, they airbrushed it all out. I don't know what the reason is. The only one I can always go back to is I figure maybe it's because they didn't want kids to have to read, which is a little concerning because, you know, kids should want to read. But uh, th- there you go. That's, that's my best guess as to why there's no words in the U.S. version is so kids don't have to. So Wadadu says traffic laws will be down during the race, and so Chief Bookham doesn't have to worry about that. Professor Kuro doesn't see the big deal about a race, but Mayor Len says this is a great thing to do because car racing is the best, and he can't wait to show how good he is. It also helps that he owns the only car in town. His wife, Hana, though, shows concern. Marilyn then asks Gus if he can help him tune up the car into a race car. And he's like, yeah, we can do that. As he's talking with Gus, the kids and Gengu show up with the go-kart to say that with some modifications, they can join the race too. And then King Dedede shows up and unveils his new car to everyone and says everyone's invited to the race. And he makes eyes at Kirby. Tiff, of course, notices this. Tuff then interrupts the tension by running up and playing with the little King Dedede hood ornament that's at the front of the car. And Eskergan starts chasing Tuff around because he just whacks that. And then Tiff jumps up in front of King Dedede and says, "It's too dangerous for Kirby to be in this racing event, so he's not going to be in it." Tough for though, because Kirby's his navigator. But Tiff says, "Find someone else and drags Kirby away like a mother dragging away her child from something she doesn't approve of." It really looks like that. Escargoon is annoyed, but King Dedede says he'll be in the race. Don't worry about that. Back at the castle, Tiff tells Kirby that she'll make him pancakes if he doesn't join the race, and he happily follows her. But then Kirby turns around because he smells something. That's right, Kirby's got a nose. And he follows the scent to apples. No, I mean pancakes. So there's pancakes on a plate in this hallway. So Kirby runs up and grabs the, the pancakes like he does with apples in the fifth episode. And he just sees it and eats it. And he sees another plate and runs over so he can eat that too. And so on and so on. Tiff runs back looking for Kirby, but she can't find him. So Corey shows up trying to convince Tiff to let Kirby race with Tuff. But she doesn't care about that because she can't find Kirby right now. Takori eventually notices the empty plate in the distance, and Takori and Tiff follow the plates, and we see Kirby has consumed a lot of pancakes. Like, they realize that, yeah, if you put up a bunch of food, Kirby will follow it. We then see him about to eat another plate of pancakes, and then he's reaching up to another plate that's on top of a box, but he can't reach it, he's just too short. It's really cute, he's just too short, but it's interesting this, because we've seen Kirby jump up to things before, so why isn't he jumping up to this box? I don't know, maybe he's a little too full. Tiff then runs up and questions why there's pancakes all over the dang place, and then grabs Kirby to pull him away because something's fishy about the situation. Kirby, though, resists because he wants the pancakes. Now, I want to mention the Japanese version because it's a little bit of an interesting difference. When Tiff questions the situation, Kirby says, "Poyo Poyo" in both versions. But in the Japanese version, when he says, "Poyo Poyo," Tiff says, Don't you Poyo Poyo me? And then she grabs Kirby. This shows, I think, that she doesn't understand Poyo Poyo yet. And I don't remember if Tiff ever understands Kirby's Poyo's. Takori understands Kirby's Poyos perfectly, and Chef Kawasaki has shown that he can infer from Kirby's Poyos what he's saying. But yeah, I don't know if Tiff ever learns that. After a hundred episodes, I don't know if she ever learns how to understand Kirby's Poyos speak. But here, it just shows she doesn't know how yet, at least. So after Tiff tries to drag Kirby away, Takori notices something, and they all look. It's Kirby's spaceship! Tiff jumps over the box to investigate, and she knocks the pancakes into the air, which Kirby catches to eat them. Tiff then picks up Kirby, and so they can check it out together. So the three see the starship, and Tiff questions why it's there. She thought it was destroyed when King Diddy and Ascargoon tried to kill Kirby in Episode 1, and we'll get a little bit of a flashback of that. But here it is. Kirby happily hugs his ship, and Tiff thinks it's a wreck, but then a voice out of nowhere says the ship is important to Kirby even now. And of course that voice is Meta Knight up on top of some boxes up in some corner, really hidden, so they're like, Oh hey, there's Meta Knight. The ship takes care of young Star Wars according to Meta Knight, and it leads them to monsters to fight. And Knight is certain they can fix the ship, and with it, they can help Kirby grow. In the US version, Knight explains that the ship runs on subatomic particles. In the Japanese version, it runs on infinite space ether. They should be able to get it to work and have Kirby test his ship in the Grand Prix race, is what Knight wants to do. Tiff doesn't like this idea, but Knight convinces her that Kirby needs to grow. Tiff hints that she's worried about Kirby leaving Dreamland once he learns how to fly his ship again, but uh, she eventually gives in. But she doesn't really want to see Kirby get hurt in the race and still protest the race. But she knows she can't stop Kirby because he needs to grow and become stronger. In the background, King Diddy and Scargoon smile as they see things are going all according to Kikaku. Kikaku means plan, by the way. <laughs> Cut back to the mayor's place, and Hana is arguing with her husband about the race. She also hints there's more important things to do than the race, but he is unmoved. She gets offended that the race is the only important thing he says is happening on that day of the race, and she storms off. Alone in their house, She says he's having a race on their wedding anniversary, and throws a framed picture of them in their younger years out the window and hits the mayor hard in the back of the head. He probably got cut by glass too right there. Ouch. Back at the toy shop, Tuff and Gengu are souping up the go-kart, and Gengu isn't sure if they can win, but they're the lightest vehicle, so maybe they have a chance. Gengu worries that Tuff doesn't have a navigator, and Tuff gets mad at Tiff for taking away Kirby. Back at the castle, Tiff herself looks a bit miffed as she watches Meta and the Knights, work on Kirby's ship. Sword and Blade say it can be fixed, and so while they fix it, Meta Knight has Kirby learn how to drive using a Gray Star ship. He doesn't tell Kirby, but if you remember episode 4, this is Knight's ship. So he teaches Kirby how to drive the ship, and Kirby is super cute during this whole thing. He tells him how to work the lever and mentions the race. Kirby plays and is really cute and enjoys driving. In the Japanese version, though, Kirby says lever and race race, breaking the Kirby can't talk rule again. Kirby practices by driving the ship on a treadmill with video screen simulating Town, and eventually Takori tells Kirby to speed up, and he goes full throttle. And afterburner's turn on, and Midnight dodges just in time. Takori gets scared by the speed though, and so Kirby breaks hard and causes a little mayhem with Midnight dodging again. Unfortunately, Midnight's ship is a bit damaged, so that's not so good for his ship, but he's not flying anywhere anytime soon, and since they can fix Kirby's ship, they can fix his anyway later. We then see various characters sleeping the night before the race as they prepare for the race. May the Knights talk about Kirby and the ship being ready, and they'll see what'll happen the next day. So now it's the day of the race, and we see Chef Kawasaki is selling lunches. And cut from the US version is Gengu selling toy cars of the racers. Uh, for some reason, the writing is airbrushed from everything during the Grand Prix. Like, there's, it's, King Dedede's name is on a bunch of stuff, and the DDD is taken out for some reason. There's also advertisements like Depp Noodles that looks like Nissin Noodles. And by the way, this is one of the times when the US version doesn't do the music as well as the Japanese version because they use Kirby songs in the Japanese version. This tripped me out. So as they're preparing to start the race, they're playing Green Green from Smash Melee in the background. I was like, oh, snap. Like the US version is still playing good music. But come on. Uh, uh, just It's a Kirby show. Having Kirby music just makes it better. So we first see Mayor Len in the pit preparing to get into his car. And the three little kids there say, uh, good luck, Grandpa, which confirms their relation to him. They are his grandkids. Uh, You don't really know if they're his grandkids. You assume they are. They could have been his little child servants. (laughs) But no, they're his grandkids. We still don't know about the one guy next to them. Is he a servant or is he a son? Most likely a servant. If it's also a son, that's not great. But uh, we don't know who his son is or daughter. We just see his grandchildren. Like, the grandchildren could all be Batman. He then discovers his wife wants to be his navigator, which concerns him, but he must accept because it is his wife. And then we see Kirby sleeping in his ship while Iroh, Spikehead, and Honey wonder if he'll be alright. The Cory comes in saying he's the navigator and yells at Kirby to wake him up. Over at Tufts' pit, he's slowly sinking into his go-kart, and with frustration as he's getting lectured by his parents about racing. Sir Abram tells him about racing advice, and Ladylike is telling him to wear a seatbelt but not drive too fast which Sir Ebron, of course, has to say it largely, to his wife, he's he's fast and he wants to win the race. Tuffy eventually yells at his parents in frustration, and in the Japanese version, he curses. Tip jumps in and says to get the car started, which shocks everyone. In the Japanese version, though, he says he's getting really annoyed, and then Tip says, well, you're about to get even more annoyed, and then she joins him in the race. Everyone questions her participation, but she silences them, because she's the head of this house, honestly. She's going to join to protect Kirby, she knows King Didi is going to try something, and so Tuff has to deal with it. And Tuff is, of course, hating the situation. But he's stuck with his sister now, but at least he's got a navigator, so there you go. We next learned that full and Falala are the announcers, and they explain the race. It'll be through the town, around a tree, and through the countryside before coming back in for a lap. Twelve laps to win. King Dedede comes out to do a commencement speech, and Falala hopes it's him making a concession speech, which annoys King Dedede, of course. And the crowd boos King Dedede as well. He gives up on giving a speech, and then we learn who the racers are. Racer 1 is King Didi and Escargune, Racer 2 is the mayor and his wife, Racer 3 is Tuff and Tiff, and lastly is Kirby and Takori. But then the last minute entry comes in. It's Racer X! I mean, Meta Knight joins in, in the Metamobile. So, in the cut Gengu scene from earlier, it's him selling toys, right? It's of all the cars in the race, and one of them happens to be the Metamobile. So either this is a continuity error, or uh, Gengu notices the car earlier and then he made a toy of it somehow. Or he's just seen the Metamobile at some point, I don't know. Everyone questions Meta Knight's uh, entry, and he tells Tiff he's there to test himself, but she's not so sure. So the race is about to start, and Kirby's cutely sleeping again, but Decori shakes him awake. Decori says he doesn't have what it takes to be a winner, and so Kirby makes a serious face in reaction. So there's a tense moment, as we see all the racers put on their serious face, waiting for the starting flag. The US version music is pretty good, but the Japanese version plays one of the Halbert songs. It's the song you hear when they show the overworld map in Revenge of Meta Knight from the Kirby Superstar game. So this is when you see like Kirby gets shot shot off the ship, when Dinoblade tries to fly back to the ship. Those scenes, those little transition scenes, that is the music they're playing here. And it it fits pretty well because just how they're playing the music. Really good one to amp up the tension. And then the race starts and everyone goes, except Kirby who has no idea what button to press to start. How did he get there in the first place? So Takori hits random buttons, and they finally get going by spinning before going out. Kirby is of course cutely driving by using his foot to push the lever and steer instead of using his hands. And by the way, in the racing shots, all the vehicles are in 3D animation instead of 2D for the most part. Early in the race, Kirby goes the wrong way in the forest, which worries Meta Knight, but eventually Kirby finds his way back into the race by jumping in from a cliff. It's a pretty cool shot. Kirby then catches up with Meta Knight and King Dedede, and he trades positions back and forth with Meta Knight, and eventually breaks ahead. Once he gets to King Dedede, though, King Dedede starts firing a rocket that causes a rock slide and the rocks fall towards Kirby. At that moment, we get this cool treatment of nine screens on the TV screen at once showing the present and past scenes of the episode, with a voice saying, find out Kirby's fate in the next exciting episode. This is the voice of the Ninja Boy from episode 24, Andrew Rennells, who is the voice of Rick and the voice director of the show. Oh, by the way, so usually they, uh, they take out Nightmare Enterprises' lettering with airbrush as well, but in this nine-screen part, when they showed Nightmare Enterprises because he was early in the episode, the Nightmare Enterprises is showing again. Like, little things they forgot to airbrush out. This is one of them. Or it was just too much work. Who knows? So that's the end of the first episode. Lots of good stuff here. It was really enjoyable to watch. Kirby's very cute. It's it got some funny moments to it, and a lot of setup, of course, because it's a two-part episode. And usually I say the U.S. version has the better music because it usually does match the tone better. And here it matches the tone pretty well, but then again, because of the Kirby music from the Kirby games in here, it of course puts it over because it fits the mood as well and just makes it better because it's Kirby songs. Usually I don't think Japanese songs are that good because they're a little too whimsical and they don't usually fit the narrative or the tension of the scene. They're really good in the dramatic moments, but really bad in the action moments. And Kirby is mostly action. But here, because it's the Kirby songs from the games, it works out pretty well, so the Japanese version edges out the U.S. version for sure in that. So at the start of episode 36, we get a recap of episode 35, and then we're back with Kirby with rocks coming down to crush him after the awesome opener. Kirby just stares at the rocks coming down, but Midnight then yells at Kirby to push the lever forward, and Kirby does just that and avoids the rocks just in time. Kirby's a baby with great instincts, but sometimes he needs to be told what to do. This is something a lot of fans don't like about the show, because of the characterization that Kirby's a baby, I let it slide since, yeah, he's a baby, so he's not always going to know what to do in a given situation. It's their way of making Kirby the straight man, of course, and just also explaining that, yeah, Kirby won't always know what to do, and with the help of others, he can become a great person, which kind of makes it just, it takes a village kind of thing, which is pretty cool. So after Kirby dodges the rocks, Tiff and Tuff catch up to see Kirby's okay, and Tiff yells at Meta Knight that this is why she didn't want him in the race. Then King puts on the brakes, and nearly hits all three of them as he taunts them with his car. He then orders Mednight to help him win, and Midnight says yes, sire, and says nothing to Tiff and drives on. Tiff tells Kirby not to trust Midnight anymore, but you know who Kirby is, he's gonna keep trusting. Meanwhile, Chief Bookham's upset he can't give everyone speeding tickets. So after the first lap, King Dedede is of course in first place, and receives boos from the announcers and the crowd, which he enjoys as he passes by. In the Japanese version, Eskarguna acknowledges that the crowd dislikes them, and it makes King Dedede happy because he's just a big old troll after all. Falala actually makes a face of King Dedede. It's, this is one of those Japanese faces they do where you put your finger on your eye, on lower eyelid and push it down, and you pull your cheek. It's, it's a thing they do, it's a Japanese thing. Uh, I assume this is kind of like just, you know, flipping them off. We next see that Midnight's in second, Kirby's in third, the kids are in fourth, and the mayor's in last. Hana suggests they have a snack break, but the mayor yells at his wife that they don't take breaks in a race, and he does this by taking both hands out the wheel and looking at her, and he quickly realizes he lost control and grabs the wheel and drives again. So now, finally, in the second episode of this two-parter, Falalo and Falala explain the full extent of the race. So they're going to drive through town around the tree, then the forest, then a rocky canyon, and then hills and fields before coming back to town. That's the loop for the lap. Back at the race, Kirby and Midnight trade positions until he bumps Kirby from the side. Midnight starts bumping Kirby really hard into the side until Kirby bumps back. And then they bump each other into a dark tunnel. This part is really cool because in the darkness, we only see the pair of them whenever they bump into each other and cause sparks. The shots are so cool right there. Then we get night vision so that we can watch Kirby and Midnight push into each other into the tunnel. And eventually, Midnight pushes Kirby into the tunnel wall and he starts crushing Kirby. But then Kirby gains momentum and does a barrel roll along the tall walls and escapes Midnight's attack, which impresses him, of course. He's like, do a bear roll, and that's what happened right there. Now Kirby's in second place, and he's caught up with King Dedede. So the king starts using more tricks to attack Kirby. He uses a hub saw, which is a saw blade that comes out of the hubcap of the car, and it cuts down a bunch of trees, and Kirby and Dekori frantically dodge the fallen trees. He then summons another weapon, which hurls bombs at Kirby, and Kirby outraces these attacks, too. So then the third attack comes out, which is a giant fire hose water attack, and Kirby's ship gets caught up in the wave, and Tiff and Tuff's cart gets blasted with water too. They get submerged in the water while Kirby rides the wave. Kirby eventually safely gets through it and continues forward with Tiff and Tuff. So then King DJD launches yet another attack. This car's got a lot of things. And this time it's a bunch of tacks on the ground, which pops the tires off Kirby and the kids' carts. Midnight just drives around them and moves on. So Kirby drives off with a flat tire while Tiff sweeps up half of the tacks off the track because she doesn't want people to get flat tires. Hana then has the mayor stop so that she, she can take over to sleeping, which makes the mayor unhappy, but she tells him he did campaign, promising that to keep the streets clean. So poor overzealous mayor on that one. With the second lap over, the standings are still the same, but now Kirby and the kids have to make a pit stop to replace their tires. So we see Iroh, Honey, and Spikehead uh, think changing tires will be fun, and so they work on it, and Cerebrum, Lady Ladylike are the ones working on changing the tires for the kids but Sir Ibram is pretty slow and clumsy. The mayor stops as well, and he's just really frustrated with his wife, who runs off to do something. In the Japanese version, he says she's actually gone to the bathroom. So during the pit stop, King Didity and Meta Knight do another lap, which puts the other three racers behind a lap. And I'll note it now, King Didity never makes a pit stop the entire race, showing how good his Nightmare Enterprise's car is. Like, well, it's a really nice vehicle. Eventually, kids finish, and Kirby gets going. Then Lady Like finishes, and Tiff and Tuff drive off, too, thanking their mother. Serebun comments that she put him to shame, and she says there's a lot of things she does better than him. (laughs) In the Japanese version, it's heavily implied that she actually did all the work. We then see Hana is up in the stands buying lunches from Chef Kawasaki, which surprises the chef. The mayor yells at his wife for taking so long, and she says it's lunchtime. He hurries and drives off, and she feeds him as he drives. And the mayor looks really angry. It's all noted here, the mayor does a lot of yelling at his wife, and she just ignores it as they go forward. and. It's not so bad in the Japanese version because his voice is extremely high-pitched and, like, kind of cowardly sounding, which I think is on purpose. While the U.S. version, he's got much a meaner and gruffer voice to it. Like, he's trying to be friendly Hatter, but he's just sounds... Uh, he's just got a deeper tone to it, so he sounds so much more aggressive to his wife in that version. This kind going be taken three ways, I think. One is... This is their relationship. <laughs> Two... She sees his aggression as not being directed towards her, but at the situation, and doesn't take it personally. Or three, she's enjoying his rage, since he's doing this instead of celebrating their anniversary. And I think it's the third thing, because she's definitely actively trolling him. (laughs) I really think she's trolling him on purpose. By the way, as they all leave the pit stop, King Diddy and Midnight also make another lap, so King Diddy and Midnight are at eight laps to go, while the other three need ten to go. The kids catch up to Midnight, and Tiptale's tough to get ahead of Midnight, which already, uh, makes Tuff miserable since he's getting backseat driven so hard by his sister. He's, they're losing, he's gotta deal with the situation, he's not in a good spot. Tuff wanted to have a lot of fun this race, and he ain't having that fun at all. Later in the race, King Dedede then catches up with Kirby and knocks him off a cliff into the water, as Kine was watching the race from the water. Kine swims over and pushes Kirby's cart to shore, which they appreciate, of course. Kine, though, says he wishes it was Tiff he was pushing, which, dang, Kine, dang. <laughs> By the way, during all this, they play a remixed instrumental version of Kirby's Japanese opener in the Japanese version of this episode, so that's really cool right there. And at this point, it's shown that King Dedede and Midnight are at 7, and the rest are at 9 to go. We next see Waddle-Doo watching from the distance, with a bunch of Waddle-Dees behind him. What are they plotting, you might wonder? Well, he's of course waiting for Kirby, and once he has him in sight, he calls King Dedede, who orders them to launch the trap. Sometimes you have to appreciate that King Dedede has layers of attacks for Kirby. The trap summons a bunch of stone pillars out of the ground for Kirby to crash into, but he dodges them very well, uh, haphazardly, but he does dodge them all. So then they set up a second trap, which is a brick wall explosion, which Kirby also gets by. Then Tiff catches up and yells at King Dedede that he can't win unless he cheats. King Dedede then thanks her for the advice, and he hits them with a smoke trap, and then an oil slick, which causes them to crash. That's a funny way that he takes it like that. He's like, he can only win if you cheat. He's like, thanks for the advice, and then does it, like, That is a man with no morals. (laughs) King Dedede then ambushes Kirby from behind and gets a big hammer weapon to attack Kirby. Kirby dodges left and right, but eventually Meta Knight swoops in to trap Kirby from the front. So now Kirby's kind of boxed in a little bit. But despite being contained by two vehicles uh, from the front and the back, Kirby breaks to get behind King Dedede and then serpentines around both their vehicles to get ahead of them. Meta Knight notes that Kirby is growing rapidly in this race, and that's exactly what he wants. Then King Dedede orders Meta Knight to go after Kirby. So together, they sandwich Kirby's car from the sides. And with this, Midnight is allowing Kirby nowhere to move. And then King Dedede is able to open up another hubcap saw. And this time, it makes Kirby lose his tire. And of course, Kirby gets left behind again. So Kirby has to do another pit stop. But instead of the kids, it's Blade and Sword Knight this time. The Cory isn't sure about this, but they assure him that they can be trusted. Turns out, they can't be trusted. <laughs> so Blade Knight and Sword Knight... They change the tires, but they also sabotage the brakes on Kirby's star ride after replacing them. So, Midnight then comes into the pit to make a stop so he can get a report from the Knights. The Knights show concern, but Midnight assures them that Kirby needs to be put in real danger to advance. So after this, we see Kirby's driving happily, and it's very enjoyable. But in the Japanese version, the song they play during this is an updated version of the end credits music from Kirby's Dream Land 1. And it's so good, I love it so much. So for a moment, we see the mayor and Hana, and she says it's a good thing they ate, since he gets cranky when he's hungry. But he grumbles they're in last place because of her, and he really, really wanted to win this race more than anything. Cut back to Kirby, he passes by the mayor and then and Tiff's carts with midnight right behind him. Kirby then gets sleepy, so Takori takes the wheel while Kirby protests, but he tells Kirby to take a nap, and Kirby does just that. They eventually catch up to King Didi and Escargoon, and we see an update to the racing positions as we see Rick and Ku in the backgrounds of some shots watching the race. So King Dedede has three laps to go, midnight has got four, everyone else has seven. Eventually, Takori gets ahead of King Dedede, but then King Dedede knocks him off the road towards a downhill, and Takori can't stop the star because the brakes aren't working. He desperately tries to wake Kirby, but he's failing to do that as well. Meanwhile, Tuff and Tiff stop to watch Kirby while worried, and Midnight also stops to see if he just killed a baby. <laughs> King Dedede and Escargoon make it go even worse by blowing up the road ahead, and turning it into a chasm for Kirby to fall into. What's it's not the road, the downhill ahead. Then as they reach the edge, Kirby finally wakes up in the nick of time, and he touches the console, and then he pulls on the lever to lift a ship into the air for takeoff. And Kirby can fly now! The music's really triumphant, but the Japanese version of course does a little better. Also, there's a the scene cut that's in the Japanese version, so in this version, Kirby wakes up and instinctively pushes a bunch of buttons all around him at once, which is that GIF you might have seen online, and he then pushes for liftoff, and then he pulls on the lever to climb into the sky. And they play the Halbert song again as Kirby flies up into the air, and it's really good, the music plays very well. Everyone in the stands are watching from the TVs seeing Kirby flying in the air, this is in the US version too, and the music is just the Halbert song, and it's really good, it's hyping up the tension, and then as the ship lands, the music swells into the Green Green song, the triumphant Green Green song, it's so good, it fits so well, just, it's just so well done! I love it so much, it's like, one of my favorite parts of this episode is just how well-timed the music is. And it's just Green Green's music playing as Kirby is triumphantly trying to win the race. And the US version does really good triumphant music too, it's just, come on, it's, it's the music from the games, and that's just gonna make it a little bit better for me, for sure. Relieved that Kirby will be okay, Tiff asks if Med and I knew this would happen, and he says with Kirby, you never really know. But this time he pulled it off. So King Diddy and Escargoon are really annoyed they failed. Then Midnight says, let's get back to the race and have some fun, because, well, he got what he wanted out of this whole thing. And then we see the race update. King Diddy and Meta Knight have one lap left, three laps for Tiff and Tough, while six are left for Kirby and the Mayor. So back in the race, King Dedede shoots a minigun at Kirby, and Midnight drives in the way to save Kirby. His Metamobile explodes, and then Team Midnight is blasting off again. Kirby then sucks in a tire and becomes Wheel Kirby. Midnight is probably explaining the power as he's flying away, but no one can hear him. So we've never seen Wheel Kirby before, so I'll describe their transformation. Kirby jumps into the air with a checkered flag landing into his hand. He waves it around happily until a tire goes by and spins him around, making him dizzy. Then the tire goes sideways on his head and rotates with him until it turns into a red hat. Kirby then turns it backwards and poses. And now he's Wheel Kirby. He then turns into a giant pink tire with stars for hubcaps, and he continues forward. The standings are King Dedede with one, Midnight's out, Tiff and Tuff still have three laps to go, and Kirby and the Mayor have five laps. King Dedede and Escargoon decide to slow drive to enjoy their victory lap, but then a giant pink tire quickly goes by them. This surprises them and Full announces, it's Wheel Kirby. Kirby then does another lap around them, and another lap, and another lap, and the laps are counting down, and it keeps surprising King Dedede and Escargoon. They're like, whoa, whoa, okay. With one lap to go, they realize they need to get going, so they put on... The gas, full throttle. And by the way, as Kirby's racing in wheel Kirby form, they're playing the end credit song, to Kirby's Dreamland again. And that's really cool in the Japanese version. And with one lap left, King Didi and Escargoon are, of course, trying to get there. But then wheel Kirby jumps into the air, and King Didi says that he has the drop on them, and he lands on top of their car, knocking them off course, and knocking Kirby down. Takori yells at Kirby to get up and finish the race. And we hear Kirby struggle to get up as you see the wheel form get up and it slowly rolls towards the finish line. But then, the mayor drives by just in time to win the race. Everyone's confused, but Fallello reveals that the mayor was actually following Kirby the whole time using drafting. The one thing is, which is a bit of a cheat to set up this surprise, is the mayor's lap count never went down the whole time, but since they are able to use Instant Replay to see that the mayor was behind Kirby the whole time, they're able to accurately show it, and then they're like, okay, he wins. Now, drafting is a real thing. Where you use those ahead of you to move the things in the air out of the way to give you an easier path that lets you get by. So the thing is, there are there's particles in the air. There are particles in the air in front of you. And you can walk through it, you can run through it, whatever. But if someone runs through it before you, uh, it clears it out, making it easier for you to go through. Same thing with cars, same things with everything. So this is actually a principle in horse racing. This is why you have those horses that come from behind. So what happens is the horses will be running, and then some horses will specifically be in behind so that they're having an easier ride, because the horses ahead of them are clearing the air ahead of them, causing basically a slipstream for them to go. And then eventually, they'll use all their effort to try to get ahead and win the race outright. Another example is the Olympian Michael Phelps. He likes to come from behind too, because the swimmers ahead of him will park the water ahead of him, so he's not doing it himself, which gives him a smoother swim. Just think about that. The water's just sitting there, but then if the water's put in motion, then the water's moving. There's less energy there for resistance, and that makes it easier for him to get through. That's really what it is. The resistance is getting reduced for the following people, and that gives the people coming from behind a better chance of winning. The only way those from behind get beat is if the front runners are that strong that that resistance doesn't do enough for them to lose the race. So you learn some things. So we then have the award ceremony where the mayor and his wife come in first. Kirby and Tekori are in second, and Tiff and Tuff are in third. They're on that podium thing with those, with those levels and they have bottles. And since the other two erasers, you know, they crashed out, yeah, second and third are where they are. And then, well, third is where they are, because the kids, you know, they were behind, but everyone else is gone. They have bottles, you can assume it's champagne, and then the mayor reveals he wanted to win the trophy to gift it to his wife for their anniversary. So with that, she forgives everything, which I don't know, I feel, with how angry and borderline just really mean he was to his wife about the whole thing, was it really worth the journey? <laughs> I don't know. for The journey for the prize? I don't know. It wasn't the great situation, but they've been married for 40 years, so... <sighs> Midnight then gives Kirby a driver's license for piloting a ship, and Kirby eats it. Of course he does. So now Kirby is... Licensed to fly, Kirby! <laughs> King Dedede and Escargoon then show up in their damaged car, and they say the race doesn't count, and challenge the mayor to another race. But then Kirby fiddles with his bottle and pops the cork, and it accidentally hits the car, which falls to pieces, and all the drink comes out of his, his bottle. Everyone laughs while Kirby gets sad because his booze bottle is empty. The end. <laughs> so there's a cut news version that I assume is for time, and that is. Before King Diddy shows up, they show Nightmare Enterprises salesman Enemy observe that Kirby now knows how to fly, which should make things more interesting in the future. And I simply just cut this out because, well, they don't need that. They can assume Enemy learns that fact, I suppose. And just, yeah, more time for commercials. And so that's the end of that two-parter. It's the first one, and it's really good. The next two-parter isn't as good, but it has its moments. Overall, this is a really fun ride, most likely in my top ten list of episodes if I count them together. Like I said before, usually the US version does the music better. When it comes to action and funny parts and stuff like that, more active moments, the US version's bombastic music is just so much better, while the subtler-sadder moments are way better for the Japanese version usually but 95% of the show was high-energy, so it's usually the US version that does it better. This is the one time, though, where the Japanese version has done so much better than the US version, because the updated Kirby songs and remixes just make it so much better. So that was episode 35 and 36. Next episode is, of course, episode 37. It's a weaker episode, unfortunately. It's really cute, and you find yourself really not liking Capitown after this episode, unfortunately, so, yeah, there's some good and bad to it. But you'll see why. Oh, you will see why. I'm also making progress on the next Kirby game, which is Kirby's Block Ball. It's a very fun game, so I can't wait to talk about that, too. And so that right there is new as Kirby's Dreamcast. Please share us with your friends. The more people who enjoy the podcast, the happier we'll be. You can find us anywhere, podcast or broadcast, including iTunes. And if you listen to iTunes, please give us some stars. Apple actually checks those. And so I had fun, and I hope you had fun, too. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? Having fun. Thanks for coming by, and see you next time.